In today's podcast, we are going to be talking about communication with our clients. This has been derived from chronic pain resources where communication is key with those suffering from chronic pain. The beauty about this though is that these communication principles can be applied to any client and you can see great outcomes in the biopsychosocial model for that client. Listen on for the five key concepts that you can use and apply today to start getting great results with your clients. Hello and welcome to the Body Track Academy, created by EPs for EPs. We'll cover all things clinical, business, and personal growth to help you and the exercise physiology industry reach its potential. If you enjoyed this episode and find something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends to check it out. If you haven't already joined the Body Track Academy on Facebook, look us up, join our community of exercise physiologists, and access more great content. Hi, my name's Tara, and I'm your host today for the Body Track Academy podcast. I'm joined again by Dan Hart, uh, the head clinical manager at Body Track Exercise Physiology. Thanks for coming back. Thank you very much for having me. I'm stoked to talk about the next part of our pain science. Yeah, so we had a really good chat last time, just a bit of uh, introductory theory behind what is pain and explaining pain to clients. We're going to go a little bit deeper today and talk about some more um, specific theories to approaching pain. Uh, Can you just introduce us um, to where you first came across this or uh, a bit of a summary of what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, so um, it'll be more around the communication for those in chronic pain from a practitioner's point of view to towards your clients. And uh, I came across this from a an exercise physiologist based in Sydney, I believe. His name's Jeffrey Ruffalo. He's the running EP. Um, and he is quite big into the pain science and education to his clients as well. Yeah, really, really popular. I've heard some great things about his courses, so I think mm. we'll uh, add a link in the in the show notes if you want to check out more of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you did the the running EP course. This is where you came across it. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. What is it? Tell us about this uh, communication around pain. Yeah. So. Um... What I got out of it again was just uh, looking back at how I do communicate to my clients currently um, and then just wondering if there's anything further that I can do to improve on that. And I, I came across Jeffrey's um, pain ebook about communication. Um, and I think this actually will just work with, with any client. It doesn't always have to be around chronic pain. Um, and that's what I drew from it. So I've taken a lot from this. And um, He's, he's mapped out five key principles uh, for communication to clients, and I found that extremely effective. Yeah, always good when you can sort of have uh, five key points or a couple yeah. of key things yeah. to keep referring back to. All right, hit us with it. What are the five? So number one, you've got validation. Two is exploration. Three, reflection. Four, information. And five, calibration. And it's important that it goes in that order as well because... As I go into explaining in, this, in a second, you'll see how one can affect the other quite quite nicely. So, yeah, excited to, to get stuck in and talk about them. All right. So, number one, validation. Mm. Bit of a definition. Yeah. There, so, really, validation is coming back to, like it says in the title, making the client feel validated for what uh, concerns or problems they might have. So, very often... Um, you might hear of stories of a client going to 
an allied health uh, specialist or someone who can help with their condition, but being told that this is the approach to do, do this, do this, and thank you very much. Not the way that I want to see it. We should be seeing our clients on a basis um, of them feeling, I guess, validated. So they're bringing through their understanding of pain, their beliefs, their thoughts about it. And we, as practitioners, need to have a a very good art of listening there to put them first um, over our own thoughts and beliefs around it as well. So we're talking about sort of the opposite of being dismissive of what they're saying really leaning in and uh, practicing those listening skills. Yeah, getting that right? 100%. So it's really legitimizing what thoughts and feelings they have um, and, and using your own experience about uh, what what knowledge you have in a certain area and what information you can provide, which I'll talk about, uh, talk about soon in one of the communication principles. But really it's just about um, stepping back, listening, trying to feel like you're in someone else's shoes to, to get a good understanding from, from their perspective how this condition or this pain is, is affecting them. Mm, giving them the space That's to right. say what they need to say. All right, and what does that look like uh, in, say, an initial assessment, mm. giving them um, the space and the time to, to validate what they're saying? Mm. Is that just a session where you sit back and they, they talk for an hour? What does it look like yeah. in reality? <laughs> I think it's a, it, 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 um, it is a lot of them talking more than you talking, really. Okay. That's, that, that is what it's going to be about. Um, and just another thing that I brought up, I, I learned along my way from uh, other exercise physiologists, a good tip, if you're talking more on the assessment than the client, might be something a little bit wrong because you want to be hearing what they have to say. Mm. So you can get all the information to then put them on the right path of, um, of rehabilitation or whatever practice needed. That makes sense. Yeah. And any particular, uh, I guess, comments or, um, I mean, I assume you are contributing to the conversation in some way. Yeah. What, what do mm. you say? This is where your linking words come into it. Um, uh, in my previous podcast, I was talking about how a client can say, oh, yep, yep, I understand, yep, yep, and that it doesn't really sink through. Us as practitioners can become like that too because... We might be thinking, oh, we've got this amount of time to get this much in and I need to express my, uh, or, or sorry, share my knowledge about this in this amount of time. So we sort of can get it into a trap of thinking ahead. So really it actually comes back to us listening first and using some really key link phrases, things like, I'm sorry that happened to you. That immediately turns out validation. Mm. It's, not, it's not someone telling you what their issues are and going, okay, so we'll move on. It's actually stopping and taking that time to just say, I can hear what you're saying. Sorry that happened to you. Yeah, acknowledge their experience. Exactly. And that's really, really um, a key and powerful tool that I've used with all my clients, particularly the ones in chronic pain, uh, that I felt they've, um, you know, and they've responded by saying, oh, I feel like you actually listen to me. And a lot of other people I go to, they, they don't seem to have that, that style. So that's what I feel is really good from this um communication style yeah and i assume just subtle body body language things maintaining eye contact and and um, Mm. yeah yeah all your your non-verbals yeah Yeah. they are crucial as well um uh you know specifics for what we do we we record our um, clinical notes and and things on ipads but if your head's in the ipad all the time and not having that body language being open and inviting to to what they have to say then that is actually going to 
have a negative impact on that person's experience for for that assess that, that assessment or session that you're having. So definitely non-verbals are something you can um, you can always work on. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So we've hopefully uh, with those tips allowed our our clients to express themselves and mm-hmm. feel validated in their experience. Where to now? So the next one was exploration. So this is really fun. This is where they said everything. And now we're just trying to understand and interpret it. So I just want you guys, as you're listening, to paint a kind of a pathway here. Um, the person is giving you all this information. And there's a lot to decipher. We want to try and direct them along the right path of rehabilitation. That's where exploration comes in. So they've, they've got expectations of you. They've got their own beliefs, their hopes, their weaknesses, concerns, strengths, everything that they're un- unveiling to you. It's our job to try and decipher all that and put them on the right pathway towards successful rehabilitation. Mm. So you're exploring as if it's like the probing questions where you're digging deeper into certain areas that you think are going to be relevant for what you need to go forward? Yeah, or? correct. So you might pick up on, on when they um, it does, when they have explaining their, their thoughts and beliefs about something and, and you're validating that. You then want to might pick up on a few things that they've expressed a couple of times. So something that I really listen out for is if they're saying the same thing or they come back to it at the end, so they might be talking about their shoulder pain and then they'll talk about something else they've experienced, but it comes back again to that shoulder pain. That you can try and you can understand from their point of view, that's a pretty pressing issue. So I'm taking that to the, uh, in, in my pathway and going, hmm, that's going to be a big concern for them. So I'm thinking, okay, what exploration can I do to find out more about that? And the way I do it, we all know the answer, it's open-ended questions. Yep. So it's really, again, not having the yes or no, it's having things like, you know, tell us more about your story, considering with that, that shoulder pain. Uh, how does it get you into um, positions that you're uncomfortable with? What can you do to relieve it? Those sort of things. Um, asking them what they think is happening. It's a okay. simple question. What's their perspective on it? Because person A with shoulder pain might have a completely different thing to what person B is. Um, regardless of what pathological findings might be there, really finding out what they they can uh, what they think is happening, um, and then as I was sort of referring to before, what activities are, are restricted for them, um, or, or what they feel can relieve that discomfort. So you're trying to find out again on that path where they're at. Some people are fair way down the path and they have good rehab concepts. Others they might be at the very start. Yeah. So you need more information to determine what your yeah what your next actions and steps are going to be. Yeah. And I just want to touch back on right at the start. You said that the order of these things is really important. So I can mm. see how often, um, as soon as uh, a client gives you a bit of information, you want to great jump straight to that exploration yeah. and ask that follow up question. Definitely. As soon as they've mentioned it, but that would you know we're missing that first step. Yep. Let them have that time just to explain and talk first, and then come back and, and dig a bit deeper. Is that right? Yeah, hundred percent. When I when I was a younger practitioner, um, they might uh, my example there exactly. Of, let's refer back to that shoulder pain example. They would bring that up and I immediately used to jump to going oh I really know a lot about working with shoulders I can help them here and I just started jumping straight into that and I've missed probably 75% of everything else they wanted to talk about so um, that was something that I identified when I've, I've read through and done further studies on pain science and communication that I've got to be a little bit more a sit back listen 
ask the right questions, those open-ended ones to, to get the full picture. Because otherwise I'm not doing my job as a practitioner um, to well enough for, for what that person's coming for. So the process here and, and that is, is crucial in going through um, and the flowing of the communication principles, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay, so we've got our validation. We've asked more questions and gathered a bit more ex- uh, a bit more detail in that exploration phase. Mm. So now we move on to reflection. What's that Correct. about? Yeah, reflection, um, again, is kind of trying to tie all those things together a little bit more before we go on to um, the information. So just on reflection, it's, it's uh, direct statements engage the therapeutic relationship into deeper territory of connection. So really it's, um, again, dispelling those things. So that, so your client might actually say things like, oh, I'm unsure if I can lift heavy weights or I'm unsure if I can do that movement. So really reflection is about, again, summing up what, they're, what they've told you initially, um, going through what might, they might be hesitant by, uh, by doing. And that's things like you can say, oh, so you're wondering if this might be an issue or you're feeling this way. Again, you can see the communication style is all about them. They're telling you. It's not you as a practitioner saying, you can't do this, you can do this. That you're getting information, again, about from what they feel comfortable with and you're confirming what their beliefs, their hesitations are, or what their condition is. Really, really key concept. Yeah, so checking that you've understood what they've said and mm. you're on the same page sort of before you move on to the next steps. Yeah, and I guess it's also like uh, you, you delve, you can delve a bit further into that. So I'll use that heavy weights example. What does heavy mean to them? Is heavy a box? Is heavy what they see the guy in the gym next to them doing? Like what is that, what is that actually, what's quantifiable about that for that person? Mm. So uh, again, it's, it's finding, finding from their perspective all the bits of information so that we can absorb and identify that to then put them on that right pathway. So yeah, that's that reflection part to um, ensure we're, we're getting all the, all the pieces of information of what they said correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really common as well. We know that, um, I guess, for a practitioner coming with the, the clinical knowledge, the way you're thinking about things mm. and the clients uh, may not always have that literacy and understanding Mm. so doing that little check to ensure that what they've said is the same as what you've heard and interpreted is so important uh it's so powerful um and again it just breaks you away from the the mold and flows again really nicely onto the next one where um yeah it, it, it breaks that mold of us knowing a lot of information and wanting to help these people but uh might be going about it the wrong way okay so validation exploration Reflection. Yep. And then we're on to information. So <clears throat> this is what I was talking about before. Big key concept and big disclaimer here is no unsolicited advice. So very, very uh, frequent in my in my times as a junior EP, I used to get hung up on one little thing because I feel like I could fix that and make a big difference. I missed, like I said, seventy five percent of the other stuff that might have been going on for them. Mm. Uh, so this is where you can get excited as a practitioner because you may have just done another course on something that is a musculoskeletal rehabilitation concept and you want to put that forward toward the person and go, oh, I can help you here and this is what you should do and this is how you can do it, this is how many times. Um, and far too often you hear, you hear that happening from other allied health as well. Um, no, you don't need to do that. This is what you need to do. So the best way around this 
again, is finding from their perspective whether they want to know this information. You've, you've got all the tools. You've got the knowledge. They're coming to you for, obviously, a service and want to get better, but the, the way people get better is by, by, I strongly believe, is by them educating themselves and guiding themselves along their pathway of journey, and you are just an assistant to help them get there and make sure they're on the right track. Yeah, I really like that thought of um, uh, having all the tools in your toolkit, but you need to mm. know which one to, to use at the right time with the right yeah. person. Brilliant tip, really good um, for yeah, any junior EP out there or even seniors. Like that, that is a really crucial tip, and um, yeah, there's a few tools that each people have, but yeah, when to use it is, is crucial. So, how do you reconcile? I guess n- avoiding giving an unsolicited advice or addressing mm-hmm. things that aren't as important to the client, but with that, the great thing about the EP approach is that you're looking at the whole picture. Everything is connected, and maybe something that they haven't mentioned or they don't think is is important but you think that that might be the underlying uh, cause of what they're experiencing yeah i think it does tie back to what i was saying before about asking if they're open to information about that particular thing uh, the particular um uh, thing that might be of important from a rehab sense um i guess in the way it's uh if it doesn't resonate well with them and they're quite firm on saying nah, I don't want to know about it I just want to get you to get me better in that case and that happens um, it's sort of I see it as a little bit of a, a pass to use your tools a little bit more um, that you have in your toolbox a little bit more freely so you're still asking you're still making sure it's client-centered you're going through those communication principles and when it comes to the information point you can still obviously deliver that and use your tools wisely, um, even though they may, may have said, I don't want to know information about that, but you know, EPs can be very good and nifty about how they craft it into, into their way of practice to ensure that, um, that that area that they're working on is improving. Yeah, yeah. and I think there is such a big focus, um, the importance of education in in managing pain, but also in exercise physiology in general, mm. we see that as uh, one of our strengths and and one of the real benefits is spending perhaps <coughs> more time with a, a client and being able to provide a lot of education. So I think people, am I right, it's difficult to know what to do when someone seems like they're not interested in, in learning all the great things that you know and want yeah, to share. it is. It is difficult, but again, it's... um you know, reserving and respecting their, their right of what they want to want to learn about it. Um, and it might be a very little, a small level to some and a large level to another. Um, but a, another way that I, I do it in my practice is um, there's some really good analogies, and I won't go through all of them, but one in particular is, um, is like we call it the cup analogy, so filling up your cup with more stresses or other experiences or painful episodes and eventually can overflow and cause more pain. So back to my previous podcast, I was talking about how um, when there's a pain in the body, it's like a fire and you're adding fuel to that fire. Well, that cup analogy is sort of similar. Hmm. So sometimes what I actually do in in my practice is going, look, um, I won't go specifically into the analogy, but uh, there's sometimes people who come in feel great the day one and then by the end of the week they're feeling pretty bad I say okay let's explore that 
and talk about what your week's been like. So the stresses that might be at work, uh, the experiences they've had during the week that may have caused a flare-up of their pain. You know, have they gone and run 5 or 10K and you haven't started a running plan with them? Those sort of things. I look at that as going, mm, I think their cup's filling up here. Now, I won't specifically tell that to them, but I'll try and um, educate them in a way for making them realise that. So I might ask the question of, how's your work been this week has it been and they might say oh it's been really stressful and I'll just ask and just interpret things going do you think that may have anything to do with how you're feeling today Mm. yeah so that those little things are really unique um tips that you can do as a practitioner to get them yeah on board less obvious and sort of direct education helping them realize Yeah. yeah and do you think particularly with pain um, and talked about that cup being full and the capacity that if, if we're talking about uh, initial assessment or early days of working with someone, if they're still experiencing pain, that maybe their capacity and openness to receiving more education without mm. actually having relieved the pain or made any progress yet, they might not be open to it yep. until they start to make progress. And Yeah, definitely. And I think that just goes back to what we stated before is the tools in the toolbox and when to use them. Timing. Yeah. Timing yeah. is essential. Um, you got to you got to remember too, some people might be coming to you from going to many different um, practitioners and in different health, um, in different allied health sectors as well. They may have gone to specialists, they may have gone to doctors, physios, uh, OTs, a whole lot. And you feel, they might feel like, oh, I've just been pushed along to another person who can try and help me here yeah i've heard so, it all before yeah yeah so that has a big barrier sometimes and yeah when you the timing of when you uh, go through it is really really key yeah okay all right so that leads us to the fifth and final step of the process calibration yeah well it says it in the name it's alignment of what the practitioner's beliefs about best way for rehab and the client's approach to the best way for rehab so you've done a lot of the groundwork and that's why it's so key to go through those the, the stepwise communication principles. If you haven't done it that way and you've jumped to the information stage, you've missed out. So the calibration is going to be off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really interpreting, okay, you've brought through all this. Um, uh, we've gone through that validation. Um, we've explored a little bit further. Uh, we've reflected. We've then provided... I've, I've asked if you wanted some information. Are my expectations of what I want from you the same and meeting the expectations of what you want from me that's what it really is yeah and we know expectations is one of my favorite words and I talk <laughs> yeah. about this a lot with with our team yep. um setting clear expectations is so important um just f- from both sides I think mm. that the conversation about this is what um you can expect from me but this is also what I expect from you yeah I feel like a lot of the time there's a lot of a lot of clients will come to practitioners and say I don't know what I want you just fix me and that that to me I I put up warning lights for that person because that's and that's not just walking away from a problem as a practitioner that's me going we need to do some groundwork through these communication principles to find out the deep root and cause of of, um, why they're here and what, what they want to get out of um, what they want to get out of me to have a purposeful and meaningful life. Mm. Really, that's what it's about. So I'm going back and doing that stuff to make sure that expectation is set and it's, it's set as a standard. Because otherwise, you're sort of going along thinking, oh, well, 
they just want me to try and fix them. I'll do this and I'll do this and it does, oh, that didn't work, so I'll change tack and do this. That really can happen because the expectation at the start was off and that calibration wasn't there. Yeah. So is that saying, like, you know, you can expect from me, I'll give you a program and I'll supervise and I'll, you know, I'll do all that to help you. But mm. is your, do you set the expectation? Is it you want them to be a more active participant in? Yeah, I think management, is that what you're saying? It's, it's an active participant in that, yes. So it's not in, in about completing their exercises, all those things, yes. But it's also active in the way of them having open and honest communication with you about how they're managing their pain or how they're progressing with their condition. And every quarter, I, in my practice, will do a goal review with them and say, hey, look, this is what we've said. Are we progressing towards here? What have I missed? What have you missed? Mm. What? Where are we at? Because this is a two-way street. It's not me ahead of the pathway holding your hand and taking you through. I'm by your side. I'm trying to lead you along and help you discover your own pathway towards rehab. And I'm giving you tools to, to get there. So, so really, it, it's down to, um, again, with that calibration, it's still asking questions that more that are open-ended and centered around the client. Um, yeah, things, like anything that I've missed, am I understanding this all correctly? So that's all things that are still from the client's perspective, right? It's not me saying you need to do this and this and this, but there is that conversation that ties it in, which is expectations. Yeah, yep. And just because you've calibrated once doesn't mean you don't need to recalibrate. Oh, no. Yeah, again, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, every, I'll see some of my clients a long term and I'll see them once or twice a week. I'm, I'm talking about what they did that week for um, not just exercise but for everything and, and then how does that fill up that cup as well. So I know I'll be, I'll be assessing that to, to help manage them um, and progress them along that pathway. So um, I said every quarter I'll do a big goal review, but every session I'm checking in saying, oh, did you achieve this? Or we had this expectation here. I had the expectation um, from you. Did you have that from me? Mm. Again, so that's an open communication. The more you do it, the more your client builds that rapport and trust in you. And that calibration becomes super easy. Yeah. So is it just the calibration or are you sort of doing all five steps every session? Obviously, I can see, you know, more clearly how this plays out in that mm. initial uh, initial session. Yeah. But is it almost, you know, you're doing a, a mini version of the five steps yeah. every time you see someone? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, I've harped on a bit about calibration, but mm-hmm. it's really what ties it all together. So you are going through those five steps because the amount of times you get a client come to their session and they're off the plan or they've got, they've got an acre and a niggle, um, that, again, you're going straight back to validation. Particularly with pain. Particularly with yeah. pain. Because that's going to rear its head and flare and do other crazy things. Not always from a physiological sense, but remember what I was saying before, it's from that biopsychosocial model. What other factors and thoughts and beliefs and everything go into um, them having that flare-up of, of pain that might be very different from one session to the next in one week, which happens. Yeah, absolutely it does. All right, so guys, an amazing uh, summary of five really really easy uh, communication steps that you can use not only with clients with chronic pain but I think beneficial for all number of clients that you would see. Uh, run us through it, summarize your five. Yeah, so if you don't don't follow this, um, you know I, I feel like we, we are missing out as, as practitioners and somewhat. So 
um, in, in any client too, guys. This isn't just for chronic pain. It's specific for them, but it's for any client. The first one is validation. And then we get onto exploration, reflection, information, and what ties it all together is calibration. If you're doing that well and doing that session by session in a mini version or in your main assessment, you're going to get such great success with your clients and a really strong, positive relationship with them. And, um, you know, if you're like me and you get your successes off other people's success of your clients, then that's going to be really self-rewarding for yourself as well. Yeah, brilliant. All right, thanks so much for your time, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Body Track Academy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and found something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends to check it out. If you're not already in the Body Track Academy on Facebook, look us up. Join our community of exercise physiologists and access more great content.